Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies who are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. Okay, so today we have Kira Doyle on the show. Kira is a hairdresser, facilitator, fellow beauty biz podcaster, and human design reader. Today we're going to be doing something a little different, which I'm really excited about. Uh, Kira is going to be reading my human design chart live on the show, which will be very, you know, vulnerable. But um, that's what I'm about. So here goes nothing. And welcome to the show, Kira. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah. I'm so pumped for this. Can you tell us a little bit about what human design is? Yeah. So human design is, well, there's a lot of different ways to describe it. One of my favorite ways is an astrology chart on crack. Um, It's essentially the contract that your soul made with the universe when it decided to incarnate in this lifetime. And so when we take a look at the human design chart, it incorporates a couple different like modalities when it comes to astrology. So there's astrology, there's I Ching, there's Kabbalah, and then there's also the chakras. So when you pull up your human design chart for the first time, it looks crazy, very intense. You get this body graph uh, with nine centers. There's all these different colors and lines. But if I could break it down in a really simple way for you guys, I would say it essentially comes down to five energy types. That's the overarching theme that you'll want to look at like when you're first starting is the energy types. And the five energy types are manifestors, generators, manifesting generators, projectors, and reflectors. And of the five, two types came into the world to make energy for the world. And the other three came here to transmute energy and help other people learn how to use their energy better. So that's kind of the overarching theme. I'd love to get into what kind of what what all the five types. Yeah, I would love to because I'm like each one of them. I was like, that could be me. That could be me. (laughs) I know. I know. And what I love so much about about this practice is that it's not an interpretation of who you think you are. I think a lot of times people try to relate it to like a Myers-Briggs, like, oh, I'm an ENFP. Um, that's, that's our ability. That's us rating ourselves, right? And that's us saying, here's how I identify. Here's based on my life experiences, what I think You know, that's crazy you say that because I was actually at my therapist talking about my Enneagram and she had the coolest, she was like, you think you're a two, because that's how you scored yourself. I see you as an achiever. So it's kind of funny how you can kind of like make your type with a lot of those other, you know, personality indicators. Totally. Totally. It's how, it's how we identify ourselves. And then when I, when I take a look at the, at the actual chart, what I see is your soul very stripped down before you came into the world. What, what were you intending to be? And we are so susceptible to something called conditioning, right? Conditioning by our environment, conditioning from our parents. At a very young age, we're so impressionable. So let's talk a little bit about the five energy types, which is my favorite place to start. I think it's, it's, this is the part where everybody who's listening can go online and we can link in the show notes, I'm sure. It's jovianarchive.com is where you can grab your free, free body graph and you will right away be able to see the energy type that you have. So this is like number, this is the number one place to start. So 
of the energy types, I'm going to start with the manifestors. The manifestors are around less than 6% of the population. And these are the type of people who came into the world to initiate. They're the ones that are creating the world around us as we know it. Their thoughts truly do become things very, very quickly. Like there's no waiting period for them. It's they get the thought and then they can move straight into initiation. And these are the types of people who wrote the book, The Secret, right? Where it's like, I simply just think it and then it happens. And they are very, very powerful. So that'll lead me to talking about our generators. So our generators, they fall into two different categories. There's pure generators and there's manifesting generators. Collectively, the generator types make up 70% of the population. Generators are here to work. They have a defined sacral, right? So their gut center, their gut chakra, if you will, is lit up, meaning it's this big engine that's just turning and turning and turning. It's like a natural, sustainable energy that every every day gets renewed and every day they wake up with like energy to produce and to create for the world. Creation for them is really important and just staying excited about their work is really, really important. And I'll start by talking about the pure generators. Um, so they're, you know, they live their life by response. So in order for a generator and not to say every type, I, and I feel like I have to say this, every type is capable of manifesting. It's just that we all manifest in different ways. And I think we've been fed one way, which is the way that manifestors manifest, right? And we see it come true for like 6% of the population. And we think, well, why why can't that be me? Um, Maybe I'm doing something wrong. And it's usually just, no, that's actually not your energy type. And that's not your strategy for manifesting. And and this is, this is true, I guess, for the manifesting generators as well. But for generators to manifest, we have to first respond to something. So we have what's called a sacral response. It's, it's a universal language, the sacral uh, sounds that we make like around the world. Everybody knows that mm-hmm means yes. And mm-mm means right. no, right? And when we're kids, generators especially uh, love to say mm-hmm or mm-mm or uh-huh, uh-uh. And their parents will always say, use your words, use your words. Don't, you know, don't say that. And it's actually one of the most damning things we can do to children because we are teaching them how to now use their mind to sort of manipulate words versus truly speak from their, from their gut, from their sacral, which can never lie. Your sacral can never, ever lie to you. And you're, you're a generator. I'm a generator? So you're, okay. You're a manifesting generator. And then the other two types, we have projectors. And projectors are so special. They are essentially, I always talk about projectors like their whole life, they are a bird who's thought they were a squirrel. And the squirrels are the generators, right? And say the end game of life is like, getting acorns. And so the squirrels, their whole life, they climb up little trees and they dig in the ground for acorns and they're like stockpiling acorns. And this bird, this projector has figured out a way to use its beak to dig through the dirt and pull out an acorn. And it's used its little bird feet to climb up the tree and look for the acorn in the tree and come back down. And it's been operating and living in this way as though it is a generator, but it knows that it does have some limitations. And essentially its whole life, this projector has always just thought, I'm limited. I, I'm not like the other, the other uh, you know, people around me. I, I can't do what they can do or I can't do it as well. And then one day the projector realizes that 
they can fly, right? So they spread their wings, they get up in the sky, past the trees, and they look out and over and they realize that they can see all the good acorns are actually a couple of miles away, right? So they come back down and they guide the, the squirrels and they say, listen, I saw all the really good acorns are over there. You guys should go over there. So the last one is called reflector. And reflectors are so, so rare. They're less than 1% of the population. And this type, when you look at the chart of a reflector, you'll see that every single energy center is completely white, meaning it's completely open. And in the energy center, they have absolutely uh, no definition. And reflectors are really here to reflect back to us or the tribe back in the day, right, where the tribe is at. And essentially they are, they're kind of here to mirror and to shape shift and to change with society just to let us know, like, are we doing well or are we not doing well? So let's talk a little bit, uh, Lindsay, about your chart. So as you know, I guess I kind of spoiled the surprise. No, for you. I was, I was like, give me a hint. <laughs> Which one's mine? Yeah. Uh, you're, you're an MG. Uh, sounds like that, you know, type fits perfectly uh, with your perception of, of who you are and kind of how it's felt to be Lindsay in the world, just moving from, you know, different interests to different interests, even if it's always fallen under the category of the beauty field. Um, there's been a lot of variations and a lot of things that pull you. And over the next couple of months, I want you to really pay attention to whatever, what other impulses are, are pulling you towards them and what, what else is like making you spark. And for MGs, I always think about what is the one thing that you can't stop Googling? What's the thing that like got your interest and you Google it for like days and days and days, or you try to find as much information out on it as you can, that's usually a signal that you've caught and you've caught the bug (laughs) and it's time to go down that rabbit hole forever, how long that you're meant to. And with manifesting generators, the universe will give you a surge of mastery each time you pick up something new. And that surge of mastery will continue to fulfill you and continue to keep you wanting more of that thing uh, until all of a sudden it kind of flattens out. This is how I was able to learn human design in just a couple uh, of months of, of studying. And I mean, there, this is such a massive project. Project Is that the right word? Yeah. But study. Like I could study human design probably for the next 25, 30 years and still not be an expert. So I, I think this will be one that I work, work with for a really long time. Um, but I was able to pretty much pick up the language very quick. Kind of your, your signal is like, is, is this, whatever the thing is, is this thing lighting me up like crazy? So you present in life as this, as this MG, as we know, you're, you're meant to live through your sacral response. Let's talk right away just by the openness I see in your chart. So you have an open head and this is very common. Actually more than 70% of the population has an open head. So what this means for you, Lindsay, is that you pull inspiration down you don't necessarily sit, brainstorm it, and think it up. So if you ever feel like you're in a rut, ideas aren't coming to you, you've been sitting at your computer for too long, tapping your pen, trying to think of questions you're going to ask your next, next podcast guest, or trying to think about a new formula you want to do in your client, you simply just have to get up, get out, and get moving into the world. It can mean that you drive your car down the street and you go get coffee at Starbucks, that you just go for a little walk across the block. Essentially, what you're looking for is just getting out in the world where there's already energy and stimulation and ideas, and things will be able to drive drop in and drop down for you. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, that's why I love listening to podcasts. I'm like, I, mm-hmm. I, I feed off of other people and other things. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, on the, on the other point too, for this, for you, for open head, you feed off of other people's ideas and inspirations, but you also tend to pull in a lot of questions and thoughts from other people that might not serve you. So a lot of the questions you ask yourselves and the things that you, you know, run through your head at night, like, am I doing this correctly? Or is this according to this timeline? That is, that stuff isn't yours at all. And so my, my, best recommendation for you would be to take up journaling if you don't already journal. Um, I love the morning pages by Julia Cameron that she has an incredible book called The Artist's Way. I don't know. If, have you heard of it? No. Okay. It's well, She's incredible. It's a 12 week program um, that you do kind of to discover the artist within you. And when I finished her program, I got the courage to enroll in cosmetology school. So I can't say enough about the book, but uh, she has you do three pages, write three pages every single morning as soon as you as soon as you wake up. And what she never fully explained and what I didn't know really until I got into human design is that what was happening for me with my open head is that my first page, my first page and a half, sometimes two pages was other people's stuff. And by the time that I got to that third page, I was truly hearing from myself and I was truly hearing from my soul. So it took me two pages worth of bullshit to get to, to get to me. Right. And so it's this longer form of journaling. And if you can do it first thing in the morning before you've been impacted by the, by the world or by social media or by conversations with other people, you can really kind of get down to the heart of what some of the heavier things that you're carrying. Because if we wake up and we're still thinking about it, chances are it's pretty imprinted in on us, right? Like it's like we're still worried about it. So getting that out in the morning, it just opens up the rest of the day for complete creative flow. Anybody listening who has an open head, journal for sure. And if you can do the three pages first thing in the morning, try it just for a couple of weeks. It's transformative. Oh, and the trick is that you don't go back and reread it. You just dump it out. Just drop it out, get it out, and then just close the book and just enjoy your day. It, it, like you feel like 20 pounds lighter, I swear. That sounds You're awesome. Love it. And not yeah, looking for yeah. like, wow, big epiphany from that. Just get it out. Yeah, just it's out. Yeah. And then later on, uh, you can go back and read them. Like I went back a year later and I went through my morning pages books and I was like, wow, I had some serious little areas of wisdom in here for myself, like wow. really things that were beautiful. Um, or sometimes I'd be like, was that me that wrote that? That's so nice. But it was my soul. Right. And, and I was, I needed space from it and uh, I needed to, to get some distance. So yeah, I, I love it. I highly recommend the book as well. I can send it over to you. As cool. I like to send people homework. Um, so that's sort of your open head. The other side of it too, and this is great for podcasting and for hosting is that you really, in, being a hairdresser, you're really able to get inside other people's heads and really kind of connect and think, um, maybe say a thought or think a thought before the other person even has the opportunity to say it. So there's this fluidity here with you and others and conversation is very, very natural for you. It just kind of flows in this really beautiful way. And from moving down from your, from your head center, you have a super strong defined Ajna. And what this means is that the way you process your thoughts, the way you analyze, the way that you take information in is actually been pretty steady your whole life. So although the information around you might change, your thoughts might change, the way you analyze and and process is, is very steady. It's very certain. And it makes you, whether you know it or not, speak with certainty. 
So people look to you as sort of being the expert in something. You're very trustworthy. I mean, it comes across in so many different points in your chart. You're also an excellent salesperson that comes through somewhere else. Like you have a really great way with words and communicating your words and other people jump on board with whatever it is that you're selling, whether it's a material good, a service or an idea. So really kind of leveraging and using that and knowing that you are meant, you are here to share and you are meant to communicate here the wisdoms that, that do come through for you. And when I look here too, as well, you also have a super strong defined throat center, a lot of activity happening here. Um, In the throat center here, you have this sort of energy. It's almost an intuitive knowing that comes through for you. And the trick here is not trying to tie the logic, right? Because you also do have more of an analytical, logical side that longs for perfection and order. But it's when you kind of get these intuitive, natural hits, you're meant to have them and trust them and know them, right? You can check in with the gut and figure out like, is is this a yes or a no? But there's not necessarily going to be a logical answer to tie to where this comes from for you. It just naturally comes through. Does that make sense? Yes. And there's a big piece in here for you as well, Lindsay, about change. You really have the sense where things need to change and you see where the wheel needs to turn. And a lot of times you're not going to see the next logical step. You're just going to see where the change is needed. And it's first calling that area out. And maybe after you see where the change is needed, one step might reveal itself to you. It's kind of like being on one of those, like, uh, you know, those wheels that like they, they turn with every single step that you take. So like you can't see the next step, but if you step one more, the next one will reveal it to you reveal mm-hmm. itself to you. So it's like for you, it's going to be just like, I know there's a message I want to share with the beauty industry. So I'm going to start that podcast. I don't know where that's going to go, but I'm going to start it. And then once you step on that wheel, it's like, oh, now I know what I'm going to share uh, this week. And now I know I'm going to share next week. And oh, now I know what my next year plan looks like. Right. And so it's just little by little, one by one. And the trick here is not to overthink the end result and not worry so much. Like you said earlier about, I feel like whatever I commit to, I have to commit to forever. You're meant to be a simulator of change and other people are here to also help you. So you, as much as anyone needs the community around you for that support. So you might not have the clear vision of where that end result is, but somebody else in your community does. So it's about starting it or reaching out and asking for help before you start and trusting that the universe is going to send the right people to the right place to help you fulfill it. I love that. It's making me kind of teary eyed. (laughs) Oh, I know. I love, I love the, the truth in, in, in our, in our soul's path for us, like in what our soul wants to tell us. It's so, it's so powerful to hear like, oh, this has been in me the whole time, you know, yeah. and this is like my soul wrote this for me. Um, the other really important thing for you to know in, in your, in your purpose and in, in part of your design here is that you are meant to help other people get into their flow. So there's this sort of sense here about universal timing and simply energetically, just by you being around other people, you're knocking them into their flow and you're helping them become more magnetic. But when you yourself are really listening to your own timing and doing things when they truly feel right for you, based on what your gut tells you and honoring that, honoring that, like, maybe this means that I stay a little bit longer than maybe someone would expect me to in this, in this space, or that I jumpstart a little bit earlier than someone would anticipate from me. Each time that you follow that gut, 
you're making even a larger impact on other people around you because now you're leading by example, right? So on the one side, it can happen just energetically, but when you also live that, other people are like super charged up, super inspired and super magnetized by you. And the more that you can truly honor your own divine timing and listen to your flow, the more that the universe is like, oh, okay, like, cool, I can roll with this. Like, let's send her whatever, you know, she's good. She's rolling. She's doing her thing Mm -hmm. versus trying to rush or, um, and I'm getting a lot like intuitively to tell you about rushing and slowing down the rush. So asking yourself, you know, when do I feel like I have to rush? What is it that that I'm, what am I rushing towards? And is, is it really going to leave? Is it really going to leave if I don't get there? Right. And obviously when you look at your schedule for the week and the month, you definitely have priorities that are like on fire. And if I don't put this fire out, like it's going to burn the house down. Right. Like I, I can't not show up for my clients. Um, I can't not, you know, do got to pay the rent, got to do these like very logistical things, but it might be beneficial for you to sit down and just make a true priority ties list about like what is a non-negotiable that physically has to happen And what in my life right now am I putting unnecessary pressure on that something needs to be somewhere faster or sooner that's putting like an energetic uh, kink in my hose because I'm I'm like trying to bang it out too quickly. Does that make sense? Yes. I feel like I've always kind of felt rushed. Yeah. But I've been slowing down more. So that totally speaks to me. Good. Good. And and slowing down again, like when you feel you need to. Like, like when you, when you feel I'm tired, it's time for me to slow down, like allowing yourself to slow down. And when you do feel like stimulated and ready to roll, it's like, all right, let's do this. But listening really clearly as well, because you have a defined root center, which gives you an abundance of physical energy every single day. And the root center is hilarious because it's always messing with us. It's always like, oh my God, like, let's start this thing. Let's do this thing. Right. And a lot of times what it is, it's simply just a burst of physical energy that wants to be moved. So if you're not moving your body in a physical way, like every single day, a lot of times what it will do is it'll, it'll, it'll channel into like anxiety. It'll, it'll transmute and turn into like, now it's in your head and it's giving you all this anxiety about all these things you haven't done. Like I should have done this by now and I should be here by now. And And like, if you just said, you know what, I'm just going to go outside. I'm just going to go for a power walk or a run, or I'm going to drop and do 25 pushups. A lot of times it'll like the way that a balloon deflates, it'll just release itself. And you're like, Oh wow, I'm actually fine. I just needed to physically move. Yeah. I like that. It's a good one. It's having a a fellow defined root center. A lot of times before I sit down to do really important work, I'll make myself go for like a 35, 45 minute walk, even if I don't have time for it, because I know it's the step to clearing my head more than other types. I need this, the step to clearing my head book so I can get the real work out and not start obsessing over things that aren't important. Yes, I do that. I'll, I'll find something I fixate on that doesn't even matter. And I am just like, that is wrong. It doesn't even matter. It's like the dumbest shit. Yeah. Yeah. And like, we can't see past it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And with your open head too, like if you go out and just allow yourself to like go for a run or go to a class or something, um, chances are you'll always come back with a different idea, a different perspective, and this whole new way to look at the project you were sitting with. And it will make sense and it will come together. Like for you, walking away from things is super, super important. Oh God, preach. Yeah. I need to write that down. 
<laughs> you do have this, you have for, gate 48, which is the gate of depth. And a lot of times what this does is it does make you deeply analyze. Uh, it makes, it makes your, your spirit and your soul runs deeply as well, right? So it's your ability to really, truly look at things way beyond the surface, but it can get a little bit nitpicky about, you know, how every single detail, like, is this all, is this all perfect? So it's about kind of allowing this gate of depth to, to be with you and sit with you when you need it. And when you find that it's like, just making you get nitpicky about yourself. It's like, okay, I appreciate, I appreciate this. Thank you. But you're not needed right now. And sometimes it can just be a simple call out as that. Like, thank you so much for that. I'm going to have you like just chill in the back seat, and I'm going to be in the driver's seat for right now. <laughs> I feel like you're, not, you're not helping me. Yeah. Also, I wanted to kind of outframe for a second and talk a little bit about we know, we know your energy types manifesting generator, but everybody has a profile. Um, and at the top of your chart, you'll see it for anyone that's following along by looking at their chart. It'll say profile, and there's two numbers. Um, so your profile is what's called a 6 2, and that is the role model uh, hermit. And so the role model, essentially your life, Lindsay, is meant to be lived in three different stages. The first stage is before you're 30 years old or approximately right around your Saturn return. And this is the stage that you kind of move through the world by bumping into things, by learning, you know, what, what is and isn't for you, but you have to be a part of everything in order to truly live that lesson and feel that lesson. And there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of hard lessons. There's a lot of joy. It's just a lot. It's actually the first 30 years are very exhausting for the role model because they have so much discovery to do so many highs, so many lows. And then right after Saturn return, there is this new phase that you enter into where it's called coming up on the roof of your life. And essentially what it's like, it's about kind of like now you're sitting back and you're a lot more observant and it's a lot easier for you to still learn from experiences without necessarily having to be such a physical part of them. You can learn from others. It's a great time to study and take on a new practice where you like you're self-studying and you're studying about this uh, new modality or this new interest and you're now becoming an expert in so many different things. And this is your time to fall back in love with life again. It's your time to settle down into a partnership or into just like a truly very healthy relationship with yourself where you build a home and you allow yourself to really come at peace. It's, this is the, the space for acceptance. And this is meant to be the phase that you live in for the next 20 years until you're 50 years old or around the time of your Quran return. But what's happening now is that the universe is moving a lot quicker than it ever did, uh, quicker. I don't think that's a word quicker and, uh, and things are speeding up. And so you truly can move through the second phase a lot faster. If you allow yourself to come to that place of, of wisdom and inner peace sooner, it's all really about like, how long do you need to sit up on the roof? How long do you need to recover from that first phase? Well, it was a motherfucker. So yeah, I'm going to need a little more time. Yeah, you're going to need space. And and the more you're able to facilitate yourself in your own uh, recovery and your own healing, the sooner you can kind of move through it as well. Um, and instead of there being this harsh new, you know, new chapter where it's like, boom, that phase is over. Now you're something else. It's more of a slow becoming. You more slowly ease into the next phase. Uh, like I said, it could be 50, it could be 35, it could be 40 years old. And this one is called the role model. This is the final phase of your life. And this is where you're able to truly be this 
guide and this why the, the wise one, right? Where people in the community come to you and they look to you for advice and they look to you as the expert because now you have lived through the hardships and the difficulties and you've also now self self mastered and recovered and healed and learned how to live the world. And those two sides of you merge together into this really beautiful guide that's here to help other people. Uh, during the role model phase, people often write books, they become public speakers, they, uh, you know, they begin their own, like even the podcast that you have right now is a, is a great entryway into your first steps of becoming this destined role model that you are meant to be. And there's, you know, different ways where they able to share their voice and be the true expert. Does that ring home for you at all? Yes. It's like out of everything you've said, it feels very, very much like me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really, um, I love the role models, uh, transformation over time. It's a really, really powerful, uh, profile to be. So there are six different lines in the, in the profile and there's 12 different combinations of what somebody could be. So that's your first side, your role model. That's the side that you present yourself to the world more as people see you as this way first. Um, and then your second half is actually called the hermit. And if you could guess what the hermit likes to do, um, they like to be alone. I love being alone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there's like this very public role model, right? And then there's this also very private hermit and the hermit is naturally talented and they really do crave alone time and, you know, kind of going back into their shell. It's a lot like your cancer sign where it's like, I do want to sit and bask in the sun, but then I want to crawl back in the shell. And the thing about the hermit is that they are called on by society to come out and share their talents. So the hermit's naturally gifted, sometimes unaware of their own talents or what they can share with the world. And it's their community that sees them and will call them out. So when you're hiding for too long, it's someone else will be like, Hey, Lindsay, like we got to have, come help you do that thing with us. Like, come on out. Um, so anybody that's a follower of this podcast that loves what Lindsay is doing, please let her know, write a review for her, um, share with her, like let, remember she's a hermit. So keep calling her out, uh, so that she can kind of come out of that shell and be with us more. And for you, Lindsay, it's about finding that delicate balance of making sure you have time alone so you can refuel and replenish. And then that you do get your time out in the sun where you're able to share your very special gifts that you have. Yeah. That is like so spot on for me. Yeah. That this is like where our charts, because I told you there's a lot of similarity, but this is where charts are very different is in, in the way we express ourselves and our profiles. Um, so it, it's really true. You can see that although energetically you may have the same sign as someone, the, the charts can look so different when you look at all these specificities inside of them. And they're and just because you're an MG and your friend's an MG does not mean that you're going to have similar charts. What it means is that energetically, you're both meant to interact with the world by responding and that you're both meant to kind of bounce around from things that light you up. But in terms of what those things are or the correct way for you to do that, like it's totally different for everyone. I want to talk to you about your emotional center because you are open emotionally. This is your other center that's just completely open for you. This one um, for you, it's about observing and pulling in and feeling the emotions of other people and amplifying them. So what you do is you tend to uh, sponge in everyone else's feelings and then you multiply that by two or three and that's the level that you feel it physically. And having an open solar plexus can be so exhausting uh, for a human being, especially when you're not even fully aware that what you're feeling is everybody else's stuff. Um, 
your natural way of being is being, you're actually called non-emotional, which is crazy because our non-emotionals are always the most emotional. That's crazy. Because they feel everything, but your natural state, and this might shock you, but your natural state of emotion is meant to be calm, cool, collective, and just in the divine flow, like a calm, cool cucumber, like that's you. So anytime you're thinking like, how should I feel right now? I just want you to picture like a, a nice chilled cucumber slice on a, on a hot summer's day. Like you're like, you're that, you're that one. Um, and the, the depths and the highs and all of that other stuff, that's you interpreting the world. That's you even watching a film, right? Like when you watch something or reading a book and it affects you so Oh my God. Deeply. I like literally was finishing Dear Sugar, uh, Cheryl Strand's book. And I literally was bawling. Like I can just like feel people's stories. Yeah. Yeah. And more and more than they can a lot of the time. So what's important to remember about this open solar plexus, because it is beautiful. It gives you, I mean, you are an extreme empathetic and it gives you the ability to hold space for people and make them feel comfortable sharing and you hold their pain for them. It's amazing what you can do like with one-on-one sessions, with friends, with clients, uh, just let them know that they're not alone. And it's truly, it's truly a gift. But what, you know, what to watch out for at the end of the day is to know that you are feeling it generally more than the other person is feeling it, right? You're feeling it like two to three times more than they are. Um, And so when it comes to confrontation or when it comes to speaking your truth, a lot of times what you'll do is you'll fear that you can't handle the emotional repercussions of telling somebody something that might hurt them or of canceling, you know, somebody that like maybe their appointments at like a very bad time. And you're like, Oh my God, I can't do that to her. Like she was so looking forward to this. Right. And this like whole thing starts and, and that's you amplifying the reaction that you believe she's going to have like anticipating the worst, 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 right? And truly she might not be open emotionally and doesn't even have the capacity to feel that disappointed. And so it's just knowing that you are like, you are the most magnetized version of every single emotion. And that at the end of the day, what you're carrying is generally nothing to do with you. So rituals around self-love, rituals around dumping out, journaling, baths, massage, whatever it is where you feel like you can actually let go is absolutely essential. That way tomorrow when you wake up and you go see a new client, you are a completely white page for her. You're that cool cucumber that, that, that she can now say, okay, now like, you know what I mean? Now I can come to you for relief. Yeah. Um, Cause when you, when you carry everyone else's stuff you carry it along to other people as well. So it's your responsibility as someone who works so intimately with other people. And this happens, we transfer emotions generally when people are inside our aura. Um, That's where the most conditioning happens, right? And so your aura goes out about three feet in every direction and her, her aura goes out around three feet in every direction. So you're always pulling in whenever you're imagine like physically working on clients every single day, you are literally inside each other's aura for hours. So it's just being really mindful as though like the way you would keep your salon clean or, you know, clean out the shampoo bowl, wipe down the chair, give the new client a new fresh 
cape, you want to make sure your emotional center has been cleared as well before seeing the next one. That makes sense. Yeah. And if I can tell you a little bit about what I'm seeing for you in terms of your life's purpose, this is your incarnation cross. You are the left angle cross of penetration. So first thing I want to say is that you came here, Lindsay, to clean up some old karma. So you have some past life stuff that you're working through um, and you're cleaning it up this time for your past generations. This could be ancestral karma. This could be personal karma. It could be that like in a past life, you were, you know, the type of woman who was pressed and wasn't really able to share your thoughts, speak, speak your truth communicate, help change other people. Maybe you were really there to support a man. It could be, it could be that simple, but it could be, you know, something a little bit more in depth as well. Um, but your, you know, your left angle does mean that you are here to, to clean, to clean that up. And the cross of penetration means that you're really here to help guide other people. And, your, your guidance and your advice, it's a little bit different than the, than the projector. It's not necessarily about getting that, you know, 30,000 feet in the air view and everything's about guiding and, and, and telling others where to go and what to do. It's more about, it comes from a place of your natural concern for other people, your love for humanity, your love for how other people around you are doing. It's, it's that you want to help them take the right steps towards their future and you're a natural person, you know, that makes friends really easily from all levels of society. Everybody has a place in Lindsay's community. It's very like open arms. And you love and want to nurture these people. It comes from a very nurturing place. Like, come with me and I will help you and I will guide you and I will lead you. And that is your life's purpose is to, is to guide this community that could very well be the foundation of She Makes Waves podcast, right? It's like, I love my hairdresser community. I want to help guide them as I'm guiding myself. I want to open them, open them up and in. The trick here with this guidance, especially when it comes to like one-on-one guidance, right? It's about checking in with your sacral and asking yourself, is this true for this individual or is this the right time for me to share this wisdom with this individual? So perfect example could be we've gone through human design today. You're a huge fan. You love it. You want to share it with friends. You want to help other people learn their human design, but there might be someone who's like just not there yet. And like now's not the time to tell them to live according to their type, right? So there, it's always about kind of just level setting and checking in and making sure that this is the, the best time to tell them this very profound wisdom and advice and just trusting in your gut and your intuition that what you have to say and, and help guide them is, is not only part of your destiny, but part of theirs as well. I, I just love this. And I, I hope that people will reach out to you and have their theirs done because I honestly like have sat here misty eyed listening. Oh, for real. <laughs> it's been so, it's been so fun reading your chart for you. And yeah, it can be very, um, it can really hit home because I, I truly think it is home. Like it's, it's us remembering ourselves. Right. And right. there's a lot of goodies in here. I wasn't able to share with you. So I will send over some notes. Um, so you have some extra stuff as well. That'd be any question on the, on the chart or anything we covered? No, I mean, I just, so much of what you said just felt like a stripped down version of like, you know, like I feel like there's like all these layers, you know, that we like set up in our lives. And I feel like what you were saying was like, what's underneath all those layers. And so I just, I really like, again, back to the line to share with everyone, which I will check back in with my gut, but I feel like I want people to like, 
it's just like a really gives you a lot of clarity because you're like, okay, that is how I feel. But there's so many other things I've masked it with and put on top of it. And those are just like underneath all the things I'm feeling. Those are like the core things. Yeah, exactly. So I like would, again, want people to free themselves as well, because like, I feel like I got permission a little bit right now to be like, okay, like there's nothing wrong with me that I like doing a lot of things or, Mm -hmm. you know, so I feel like if I can feel like that, I want other people to like, maybe be able to to have the same experience. A hundred, a hundred percent. That's where I, I, when I felt so free and liberated to be myself and to take out some of the shame around my interest patterns and my lack of strong focus and attention in some areas, I was really able to feel like I could just live my life. Yeah. How do they find you? So if you guys like to find me, um, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my, my, my personal Instagram handle is at Kira with love. And I have human design booking link on there. You can also email me. It's uh, Kira, K-I-E-R-A dot Doyle, D-O-Y-L-E at gmail.com. I could send that over to you. That's awesome. I love everything you're doing. And I so appreciate you taking the time today to share my chart because it spoke to my soul. Thank you so much, Lindsay. It was so, it was so great chatting with you.